goes by the pseudonym Bo Snurdly. It's time for the soul of excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. It's time for the Soul of Excellence. He is a radio host at 77 WABC here in New York. The Rush Hour is on the air. Rush, Rush. Now here's Bo Snurdly. On WABC is absolutely right. Bo Snurdly is here. It is our Rush Hour. 800-848-WABC is the number to call if you would want to participate on our program today, 800-848-WABC. We're supposed to be speaking with Glenn Beck I at some point in the program today, so I hope that that happens. If not, of course, we will reschedule. Um, there is so much to, that is going on with the aftermath of this shooting in Nashville. It's continuing when you heard Rudy Giuliani, if you stayed with us, and I hope you did. Um, you heard Rudolph Giuliani talking about the intersection, as he called it, between violence and some of these mental disorders. This is a huge deal. And it is something that I don't know whether Congress, any elected official, has the spine to tackle in reality because it encompasses so much. There is a day of rage that is being planned and that's going to continue. And some of the images should cause perhaps some alarm. And that is, it's called the you know, the trans day of vengeance. In the aftermath of the shooting in Nashville, some of the transgender activists are now accusing Christians and those who practice the Christian faith of being bigots. And it's being framed as, look, these people are the problem. You may have heard that Katie Hobbs, the governor of Arizona, had a press secretary, Jocelyn Berry, who had to resign. Within hours of the shooting, she posted on Twitter a picture of a woman holding handguns in both hands, pointing the handguns, and the caption said, us. When we see transphobes, meaning people ready to shoot the transphobes. The governor's office in Arizona has confirmed to Arizona's first family that Barry resigned overnight after growing pressure from people who had seen and condemned that imagery. They issued a release. The governor does not condone violence in any form. The administration 
holds mutual respect at the forefront of how we engage with one another. The post by the press secretary is not reflective of the values of this administration. The governor has received and accepted the resignation of the press secretary. Another trans activist has stirred anger with the claim that the Nashville shooting was because the shooter had been abused at the school. Of course, there is no, that we know of anyway, record of any abuse. But yet, a trans activist posted that the school shooter's suspected worldview was that this place was another, the school was a right-wing institution that had abused her, speaking of the, the shooter, and many others. Even before the shooting, there was a group that had formed what they called the Trans Day of Vengeance. They have also, this group that is behind the Trans Day of, Day of Vengeance has raised money for firearms. If you look in the Daily Mail today, you'll see numerous pictures of them, many of them holding what the left calls assault weapons. In a, what some people would say, a threatening manner. And some of the tweets that they are making, one of them posted on social media. This person is dressed in a outfit that one might describe as sort of bizarre, but holding an automatic weapon. And under it, it says, kill Christ cucks. Kill Christ cuts. Behead Christ Cucks. Roundhouse kick a Christ cuck into the concrete. Slam dunk a Christ cuck baby into the trash can. Crucify filthy Christ cuts. Defecate in a Christ cuck's food. Launch Christ cucks into the sun. Hashtag trans day of vengeance. These are some of the message. And the poster that promotes this Trans Day of Vengeance says we need more than visibility. Trans Day of Vengeance, stop trans genocide. They're asking people to assemble to wear a mask and bring a, wear a mask. In other words, hide your identity, bring a friend. Tran is the organization behind this run by three co-founders, one of whom is a former staffer to for Virginia Democrats. And again, they are suggesting, and they have held fundraisers to benefit firearms and self-defense training for trans Virginians. There's no mistaking that the intent of this is to intimidate, pe- intimidate people with 
the idea that they will take violent vengeance on those who believe that they are their enemies. I don't know what other impression you can get from this. Now, in the aftermath of the shooting, the group published a statement on their website that said they're horrified by the acts of violence committed at the Covenant School. They grieve for Evelyn Dickenhouse, and they went on to name all of the dead and said that they grieve with all of them, and we also reject any connection between that horrific event and theirs. They say that vengeance means fighting back with vehemence. We are fighting against false narratives, criminalization, and eradication of our existence. I don't know what that means. I have no idea what that means. The idea that someone is trying to eradicate them is not something that I completely understand. Anyway. Those are some of the items in the news. There's another guest essay in the New York Times by one of their contributors, Asa McCulley. How can we be a country that does this to our children? Speaking of the horrific shooting in Nashville, the head of the teachers, one of the biggest teachers unions in the country, Randy Weingarten, who has made some really incredible, absurd statements over the past few months, says that we must have the courage to do what Australia and New Zealand have done, which is to have mandatory, mandatory buyback for guns. In other words, she wants to, she's denying that she said this, she says the words are twisted, but in, that, in Australia and New Zealand, people have had their guns confiscated through these mandatory buyback programs. And she's saying that we in this country have to have the courage to do what they've done in Australia and New Zealand. We have to get these guns out of people's hands. So there is a lot in the aftermath that is still going on with this. 800-848-WABC is the number, 800-848-WABC. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back. Don't go away. Boston Early's Rush Hour on WABC. We are the crown jewel of American radio. Glad to have you here. Look forward to hearing from you and hearing your points of view on this and many other news items today. Hour is on the air. Attention, Ditto Heads. Attention, Bo Scouts. Rush on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Okay, so screw up. We thought it was today. It's actually April 5th. Though we have Glenn Beck scheduled, it was entered into our show calendar wrong. Mistakes happen. So now we have something to look forward to. 800-848-WABC. This is one of my favorite songs, so I'm looking at your reaction. Yeah, I was shot 
this you said Diego is one of your favorite songs. Yes, it is. If not the most, one of my favorite songs. Uh huh. Blows Nerdly, James Golden here with you on WABC <laughs> Talk Radio. I asked earlier for uh, Stairway to Heaven because, as, and we will get to that by the time the show is over, because today in music history, seven albums. Can you imagine that? I mean, you're an artist. Can you imagine if most, of, most artists would be like, I have an album in the top 100. I'm so happy. Can you imagine having seven albums in the top 100 albums of the country at the same time? Well, on this date, Led Zeppelin did just that. Seven albums. Seven albums. No, I'm not going to call you out on the air. The person that scheduled that misplaced the date in our calendar, our show calendars, like, call me out on the air. No, I will not call you out on the air. Things happen. Mistakes are made. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm so appreciative of my staff. Are you kidding me? We all do. Come on. Things happen. Um. Anyway, seven records. Led Zeppelin. I want to get to this column that I mentioned before the break. You know, the Washington Post, before I get to the New York Times columns. The Washington Post is guns are crazy today. They have, and it is, when you look at the interactive, not interactive, when you look at the dimensional journalism that they have on their website, it's actually beautifully done, this particular story. It shows the human body, and it has... Like you see those commercials that have the that show the inner part of the body and what goes on in kind of an animation. Well, the Washington Post has one of these kind of animation graphics in there with the human with a torso. And the story is all about the damage that an AK an AR15 round does to the human body. And, and let me tell you something, it is, it's not a pleasant read. I mean, if you read through this article, some of it will make you very upset. And it's designed to make you upset. It's designed to make you feel terrible. Feel terrible about what happens to people, and especially if you were to think about this happening to a nine-year-old girl, a nine-year-old boy, it's just devastating. It's horrible. It's horrific. And I posted that article today on Twitter, but I put with it, I wonder what it would take for the Washington Post to do the same kind of article with the same kind of graphics about what is done to the bodies of children who are in the womb. Will we ever see that day when they will actually go through and illustrate for people in very graphic terms what happens 
to those bodies as those lives are being terminated. And I doubt whether the Washington Post would ever do that. The Washington Post has another article. That article, why do people own AR-15s? 33% of owners cited self-defense. They did a poll on why people own AR-15s. I can tell you two reasons, Washington Post, Amazon Prime, Washington Post, because as weapons, they work. That's one reason, because as weapons, they are effective. There are people who have handguns, and I'm look, I've done this. And so I know, I, I went on a shooting range with some of my friends, all happened to be women when I was in D.C. And some of them are really good with handguns. I'm not so good with a handgun. I miss the target wildly in some cases. I don't have that much experience as a shooter. And I don't practice often enough at a gun range for my aim with a handgun to be really precise. But you put an AR-15 in my hand, as they did, as I did at the shooting range, and you hit the target, boom, dead center. And that's one reason why people own AR-15s, because they can point it if they have to, to defend their lives and defend their family, and they can shoot it and it will stop the threat cold. That's one reason, since the Washington Post doesn't seem to know why people own an AR-15. The other reason is because you liberals in the audience, you liberals in elective office, you liberals in Washington, D.C., you liberals in the mainstream media keep trying to gin up the country to ban them. And the more you talk about banning them, the more people say, you know what, one of these days, these leftists are going to get what they want. They're going to ban this weapon. Because this one thing that we know about you liberals is one thing that we know about you progressives. You are like pit bulls. When you have something in your mouth clenched in between those rabid jaws of yours, you're not going to let go until you think you have gotten your objective. You're not letting it go. And so if, if it takes 20 years on an issue, if it takes 30, 40 years on an issue, you guys will continue to fight for it until you get what you want. And you've already said you want to ban the AR-15. Well, as long as you keep talking about banning AR-15s, people are going to take you seriously. They're going to say, wow, these AR-15s are going to be banned. I think, hey, Margie, you think we better go get ours right now? Yes, you'd better go get yours right now. Because if you people succeed, you're going to disarm people or make them criminals for having a weapon of their choice. So that's why the AR-15s are so popular. And guess what, guys? After this shooting, after all this new talk about banning AR-15s, you know what's going to happen? Sales are going to go up. Liberals and progressives are the best salespeople in the universe for the purchase of AR-15s. 
The more you talk, the more you tell people what your intentions are, the more AR-15s you are going to sell. Now, I don't have an AR-15 yet. But I'm telling you, every single time I hear this hype, every time I hear all this, how we need to, and Joe Biden, well, the last thing he does, he's going to ban these as well. Every time I hear this talk, I, I always go on these websites and I price them out. So, you know, maybe I better get one of these things now. And then I usually get distracted by other stuff. There's so much news happens. But there are people who don't get distracted. There are people who listen to this and they say, yep, going to go buy one this afternoon. Or I have one and I want another. And you are not going to stop the sale of AR-15s with the threat of a ban. It will have to be a ban itself. And I definitely think that there will be, despite what Randy Weingarten and other liberal activists say, we are not going to follow the lead of New Zealand or Australia and demand through mandatory programs that people turn in their weapons. This is America, and we have quite a different view on it. Now, that's not to say that there are not Americans that are sick of this gun violence who believe in the Second Amendment. I happen to be one of those, too. I'm sick of this stuff. I'm sick of this gun violence. And I have a question for all of you who, like me, are sick of this gun violence. How is a person that is mentally under doctor's care for mental disorders, how is it possible for a person that has mental disorders to go in and purchase seven, not one, not two, not three, four, or five, not six, but purchase legally seven weapons while at the same time being diagnosed with a mental disorder? We were all told that when the Democrats, liberals, and some Republicans joined in and voted for background checks, that there would be a background screening, a seven-day background check before you could purchase any weapon. We were all told the same thing, that people that had mental disorders, people that had problems with law enforcement would not be able to purchase these weapons. So before you start talking about new laws to prohibit weapons, why don't you find a way to enforce the laws that America already has on its books. Because there is no way that a person with mental disorders, and we see it time and time again, look at what happened in Parkland. Look at what happens when these nutty kids go and get their parents' guns, and some of these kids have disorders, and you wonder why are guns even in the house? We, we are sick of this endless gun violence, too. You do not stand alone in America if you're on the left and you say, I'm sick of this gun violence, and I don't know why everyone else. Everyone else is just as sick of this gun violence as you are. And we want it to stop. And one of the first steps would actually be enforcing the laws that we have already made. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley. Yes. Yeah.
Led Zeppelin. Who doesn't love this song? WABC, we're coming back right after this. 800-848-WABC. Oh, Led Zeppelin, I love it. Me too, Bruce. I'm man sitting in my bedroom with my stereo on. I had all their albums, or at least most of them. Yeah, were you smoking pot too? No, no, I wasn't that kind of guy. I mean, maybe maybe you can count on my hand how many joints I had in my life, but that was it. No, I wasn't that kind of guy. Maybe I should have been. But even without the pot, Zeppelin was cool. Right. My friends were. (laughs) Oh, my friends did it, but I didn't. My friends every day, every night, 24-7. I don't know how they did it. I don't know how they got up for school. I don't know how they got up for work, but they did it. Yeah, but this was one of those, you know, every time you hear it, it takes you back somewhere in your memory, yeah. right? No, there's something about Led Zeppelin, I know. There's yep. just a time and place about it. I agree. First heard this in eighth grade. Every time I hear it, I, I think of that. And I was at about eighth grade when I bought their albums in eighth, ninth grade. Yeah. Great for the speakers, right, man? Yeah, man. Right? Really cool. Right? No, I'm saying that you, you really get your, your stereo got the test when you put on a Led Zeppelin. I knew what album. you meant, man. Oh, okay. And you're right. All right, bro. We got to do traffic, All yo. right, let's do it. Rush. It's the Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. If you happen to be a true fan of WABC Radio, and why wouldn't you be, you have to join our exclusive 77 WABC VIP club. To do that, just download the WABC app, and you'll have a chance to win this week's prize. A personalized video this week is the prize from Tony Orlando. All you have to do is sign up for 77 WABC's VIP club, download the app, Go to wabcradio.com slash VIP. You'll also receive special members only newsletter. And that comes out every week. And you'll automatically be entered to win each week's 77 WABC VIP prize. So don't wait. Right now. Sign up, download the 77 WABC app today for your chance to win. A personalized video this week from, that's the prize this week, from Tony Orlando here on WABC. If you were wondering what happened to the Donald Trump indictment, wait till next month. Apparently, hey, Scott, did you hear this? The, no. Yeah, next month, bro. It's out for this. They, they're on a hiatus. They're on vacation. The grand jury. So won. like April 1st or they, like no, April 29th? A month. They're on a okay. month-long hiatus. Got to be too much. Yeah, and they're telling us that this hiatus was scheduled. So the grand jury's taking a little time off. For those of you that were waiting, anticipating that Donald Trump would be arrested, and boy, if that ever happens, that day, I bet you there are going to be some liberals who want it to be declared a national holiday. But it ain't going to happen anytime soon. 
And word is that there is still dissension in the office of Alvin Bragg. They don't know whether or not. There was a poll, by the way, that showed most Americans are not in favor of this. Now, you think about that. With all the Trump hate that's been ginned up for the past six years, there was a poll this week that most people think this is a political prosecution, this is politics, this isn't legitimate, and they don't want to see this happen. Wow. So here we are. With all of this anger, you have trans people, trans some people, trans activists now posing with guns. Some of them with very vile remarks. And those remarks, by the way, are aimed at Christians. And not just Christians. Some of them are aimed at, as I read that earlier, calling you Christ cucks. And demanding that you be beheaded, crucified, that you be thrown onto concrete. There is a lot of anger out there. And this society, with that kind of anger, something else, not just this, is, I hope not, but one fears destined to manifest itself in some way that we do not want. Let us go to the telephones. Rick in Elmwood Park, you're up first on WABC. How are you, Rick? I'm doing good. Thanks for taking my call. How are you doing? Very good. Um, I wanted to tell you, they're they're talking about um, them getting wiped out, like we're trying to kill them just because we don't want them having drag shows in front of children. So they want to portray us as like genocidal, like we're trying to kill them. Well, what do you, how do you respond to that? Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Like, we're not trying to stomp people out. We just don't want our children having drag shows and having the stuff shoved in their faces. You know, like, they don't need any ideas put in their head. They're in school to learn math, science, English, stuff like that, period. Now, there was a photograph. I believe this was in either the Daily Mail. I think we have it on the Daily BS, one of the stories there, about a drag performance where the performer literally straddled over a child. And that's in today's news. And I mean with his slash her body straddled over a child. So when you say you don't want this shoved into your face, this is not just something that has happened happening in a theoretical way. It is happening in a literal way, at least in this one case it did. Yep. And, yeah. And now there are these groups that, again, they're posing with guns. They are threatening. And by the way, where is Merrick Garland in all of this? Remember, Merrick Garland and the Department of Justice were so enraged that parents 
wanted to participate in school board meetings, that they had formed a unit of the FBI to treat parents concerned about their kids' education like domestic terrorists. And until it was stopped by the publicity that ensued, they were ready to start sending the FBI out to track down parents because these parents were protesting some of this filth and perversion that goes on in certain school districts. And the Department of Justice was unhappy about it. Where is the Department of Justice? When now you have these trans activists arming themselves, taking pictures of it, and sending threatening posts on social media that they want to kill, quote-unquote, the Christ, the, the, the Christ cucks. The Department of Justice hasn't said a word about this. Robert in New Jersey. Welcome. You're on WABC Talk Radio 77 with James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdly. Hey, James. Thanks for taking my call. You know, I, I, isn't it I, I, outrageous, right, that one a person from their community kills somebody, and then they take that killing as a call to arms to the rest of the community instead of joining with the rest of us and mourning the loss of these three children and these three adults. You know, somebody from the trans community say we're, we're outraged that someone from our community, nothing like that, no, no outrage from their own community over a death, but rather taking this as an opportunity to say, okay, now that we've, someone from our community has shot somebody, now let's get ready to, to do more if it's so-called to do so. It, it, it's absolutely insane. Now, I don't, I hear what you're saying, but look, Robert, I don't want to do what they do. I don't want to start painting everybody with a broad brush and saying, yeah, they're all like this. Even the members of this trans active group condemned what happened in Nashville. They issued, now you may choose not to believe them, but they issued a statement strongly condemning it. And there have been other transgendered people that have spoken up and spoken out who are just as horrified as what has happened at this school as anyone else. And by the way, the stories of heroism coming out of this school are very touching. You have the head, the, the, the I'm, you don't call him the headmaster anymore, the principal, the, the, the head of the school, lost her life. Because when she heard gunfire, she rushed, she didn't go out the door and run for her life. She turned around and ran toward the gunfire to save the children of her school, and she was shot dead. One of the nine-year-old girls that was shot dead was shot dead trying to protect other people. These are really touching stories that are coming out of there. They're painfully touching. But I don't want to do what they, what, what the people on the left do, and that's just to condemn everybody and try to score political points by saying they're all like this. All of the trans community is not like this. There are plenty of people in the trans community that are absolutely outraged by what has happened here. There are also calls, by the way, we talked about this yesterday, for this manifesto to be released. And it is surprising that up until now, the manifesto from this killer has not been released to the news media. What were his motive? his, her motivations. 
And why aren't they releasing that manifesto? James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, WABC Talk Radio 77. We have more of your calls coming up, so stay with us. It's Bo Snurley's Rush Hour. Don't go away. This is The Rush Hour with Bo Snurdly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Lionel Richie brings us back on WABC all night long. Lionel did an interview. You know, Lionel Richie, 73. He did an interview this past week. And he was joking with the interviewer. He said, right now, it's, no, it's not about all night long. It's about a fierce 15 minutes. But those 15 minutes are good. So it may not be all night long, but it's a, a fierce 15 minutes. Don't worry about that, Lionel. There are a lot of guys, 15 minutes would be their life achievement. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Never mind all night long. Let's head back to the telephone, shall we? In Florida, Tom, welcome. You're on WABC. James Golden, a.k.a. Snerdley. How are you, Tom? Hey, doing very well, Mr. Golden. Thank you very much for taking my call. It's uh, indeed an honor and a pleasure to speak with you. The honor and pleasure Um, is mine. Well, thank you. Um, I agree 100% when you were talking about the um, um, enforcing the gun uh, laws. Uh, However, with regard to enforcing uh, the screening laws, um, traditionally, mental health records have always been protected. Uh, unless something has happened recently that has escaped my purview. Um, uh, my background is was law enforcement, and uh, currently I'm a registered nurse. And wow. um, before, before coming to Florida, uh, I worked for a regulatory agency after my law enforcement. I worked for a regu- regulatory agency that oversaw professional licenses. And I could go in and obtain, say, for instance, in a physician's office, I could go in. If it's in the course of an investigation, I can obtain any records that I needed during the course of that investigation, with the exception of mental health records. Okay. I'm going to take you. I want to ask you a question now. How do we solve this problem? You have mentally ill people that should not be anywhere near a gun. Shouldn't be anywhere near anything that could hurt anybody, let alone a gun. How do we, how do we, how do we, what is the solution, Tom? Well, when I spoke to legislators about this, that was the frustrating aspect of it because they've always been protected for the mental health. They were, they were, they were the only records that you couldn't routinely get. And until laws are changed, because when I was on there, I know even federal entities did not have those records. Now, again, unless it's changed, uh, unbeknownst to me, 
but unless those laws are changed, that would allow them to get mental health records. For instance, if you're you're purchasing a firearm, you have to fill out, no, I've never been, uh, uh, no, I don't have a current mental health issue. Well, why are they asking you that if they can already check? They don't. They can't access it. So they're relying on your information to say, well, yeah, I, I do have some depression. You know, which that is probably, probably what, and that is probably the source of my misunderstanding, because I understood, and I think many Americans did, that in background there was screening for mental health issues. And what you're saying is there is not. That this is a self, you have to report yourself, in other words, as having had a problem mentally. But this is, this. there are also issues, though, where you have people that have had issues, uh, let's say domestic violence issues. Are they screened out? Are those records available? I believe that those records are obtainable because they come down to uh, laws that are broken that are, are regular, you know, criminal what justice. What kind of bird do you laws. have? What kind of bird is that? Oh, that's, that's not a bird. That's actually my uh, nine-month-old granddaughter. <laughs> Goodness! That is some scream. Whoa! Well, Tom, g- Grandpa, thank you. We appreciate your call very much. Thank you so much. Frank in New Jersey. How are you, Frank? I'm good, James. Um, the, the fellow you just spoke to, I think, was 100% correct. The federal NICS check, the National Instant Check System, checks criminal records. It doesn't check health records. Now, here in New Jersey, if you want to get a permit to purchase a handgun, you have to sign a release for mental health check. If you don't sign the release, you don't get the permit to purchase the handgun. But you can buy a long gun, even in New Jersey, without having that permit to purchase and therefore without having a mental health check. So that's what needs to change. That the federal NICS law needs to be changed to require a mental health check. Frank, succinct and to the point. Thank you for clarifying that for us. And I, I, I think that most people here would, would suggest at this point in our society that there does need to be some kind of check on mental health before people can go in and purchase multiple weapons. I think that most people would agree with that. There are some that are not going to agree with anything. But I think that would get a lot of support from people. Jill in Bloomfield. How are you, Jill? Welcome to the program. How are you? Yes, sir. I'm great. So so check this out. A guy walks into a store to buy a gun, right? And he says, I'm really a woman. I'm not a man. Okay, that's not mentally ill anymore. So there you go. The whole mental illness thing just blew up. Jill, thank you. Appreciate your words very much. Joe in Long Island, you're up next on WABC. How are you, Joe? Good. Good to talk to you, Mr. Nerdley. Um, I had a question. Uh, I wanted to get your take on it. Um, I've been noticing this pattern. Uh, one, it happened in Dearborn, Michigan, and also in the U.K. So in those schools, in these areas, are uh, big Muslim communities. And I'll just use the one here in the States in uh, Dearborn, Michigan. So they tried introducing some books that were um, explicit in sexual stuff to children. Now, the school ended up taking it out, and it mainly came out because the Islamic community showed up to the school to voice their opinion. In the U.K., the exact same thing happened. How come when they show up, 
and they voice their opinion, the school, the books get taken out. Because they are, because easy, you know the answer. This is a rhetorical question. Because liberals have a fear of going up against the Islamic community. That's why. And so right away, they're saying, we don't want to be considered uh, uh, anti-Islamic. And so they cave. But the point is, the broader point is, why has Christianity become a target in these United States of America? And that's where that question is leading to. Well, another day, we are out of time. But God willing, we'll be back tomorrow for Bo Snurley's Rush Hour on Thursday. May God bless and protect each and every one of you and your families. Thank you for being here today. God willing, we'll see you tomorrow. And we really appreciate you. Bye.